Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary individuals, and whoever else decides to identify as anything else. I'm Coco Dove. I'm Audrey. And today, we have a special guest joining us today. She is one of my best friends on the entire planet. When I lived in a van in the mountains, she let me live on her couch instead. She is Miss Katerina Sinclair. Round of applause, round of applause. Hello, hello. <laughs> How you doing, bitch? Good. How about you? What I am baked. Baked. <laughs> I am zooted. And I am here to talk about stuff. I'm ready. This uh, is going to be a very fun topic. Yes. Oh, yeah. What is the topic this week, Audrey? Today, we're going to talk about drag. Which, this is our second time recording this video, actually. Our audio. So. Oh. Yes. Yes. We were originally going to start off with this, and we decided to save it for later. And I'm glad we did. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did, too, because I talked a lot of stuff I sh- probably shouldn't have been saying. And now I can keep it more politically correct. More politically correct. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus, what am I going to do with you after all these podcasts? Girl, I can never be famous because I get canceled the day it happens. <laughs> it's true. Lord Jesus. <laughs> but this well, is my favorite topic in the world to talk about with anyone so i'm excited to have two of my drag sisters here to talk shit and talk hype about what drag is and all that it's about being trans and drag and all that shit that's beautiful so then let's start off that's beautiful (laughs) that's very good let's start off with this then so how did you start off doing drag how did i start doing drag you want me to go first you go first. We'll go in a circle. Work. Like well, <laughs> I started track about 11 or 12 years ago. It was 2010, so you do math because that's too much for me. Um, just like every other young queer person, I was in color guard. <laughs> and my band director told me that I was going to be in charge of doing the makeup for the color guard people. So she wanted me to look up like um, makeup tutorials and shit like that. And I came across like drag videos and I knew what drag was, but I had never saw the process. Hmm. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. This transformation is dope. So the next day I had dressed up like Lady Gaga. I went to school and that was my first time in drag. And I just kept going after that. That's the craziest way to make a first time into drag. That's, mm-hmm. that's ballsy. I, I couldn't do it at home. My homophobic <laughs> grandpa would have beat the shit out of me. <laughs> that would have been a different story for a different time. <laughs> if you would have made it out of Oh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. What about oh. you, Kat? How'd you get up in this shit? Uh, I started, uh, I think it was March 13th, 2013. So we're coming up on two, 10 years. Damn, um, but eight. Because it was a Friday the 13th. Oh, all right. So I was like, "Hmm, naturally. Um, But I had just gotten out of a really, really abusive relationship. And I moved across the state to a city I didn't know anybody in. And I went to uh, a bar here, Scandals Nightclub. And I'd been like twice before. um, 
there was a drag queen hosting a show and it was my first show because I had never been exposed to anything like that. I had a very sheltered life. And uh, for whatever reason, I walked up to her and was like, so what would you suggest or do you have any advice for somebody who might want to do this, um, you know, in the future? And she took me backstage. And then a week later, I was in a talent show. That part, bitch. It's like magical. Once you see it for the first time, you're like, mm, gotta have it. it. If it's meant for you, you can just know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I just wanted that confidence because that was the thing is I was like, I don't talk. I didn't talk to anybody. So first of all, I approached a stranger. So I guess it was meant to be. But second of all, I just didn't talk to anyone. Like I, the first two years of drag, people would just talk about no one's that nice. Um, they still say I, they would just be like, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they're just, yeah, because I would just stand there and like wave or like do like some kind of dance so that I was participating without actually participating because I just zero self confidence. But yeah, and now here we are. You know, flip that script, bitch. <laughs> what about you, Audrey? Yeah. So I remember whenever um, <laughs> Carla had her drag race and. Huh? I didn't know anyone in the drag community, not a single soul. And I was like, I really want, I, I want to do this. And I hadn't done drag makeup yet. I've only like practiced like a little bit. And I was so scared to do it because I thought I would look worse than everybody. And then there was this one contestant <laughs> that I said, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. And she Audrey said, forever- oh, you know what? I thought I was going to be ugly. But this bitch ugly, so let me go ahead and do drag. <laughs> so I convinced my best friend. I got up in drag. We went to Uli's to get the look I wore for the first night. I not, I did not know a single soul going in that bar. And I think I made it to, what, top two? Very close. Cause you did. I thought you were robbed. No, I wasn't robbed that one. I was robbed the next one. The next one. But it was so much fun. I don't know. I would never take that for granted, but... It just took one person to push me, and sure enough, she was my. If she can do it, I can do it. So I won't say. Wow, I thought you were gonna be. I thought you were gonna <laughs> say my drag mother pushed me to do drag, but you were like, no, this bitch was so ugly that I knew I was gonna be good. <laughs> well, I didn't mean. <laughs> and the bad part is, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> oh god. Well, the thing is, is I didn't have a drag mother going in. I got a drag mother midway. That's because what happened that, for me. That's well. how I met them. Because then I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, which I still, you know, my drag mother is still Shelby Alexis. I still love her to pieces, you know, but that's how I met them. So if I never had started, although I was flirting with Shelby on Grinder at the time, trying to oh, get her to, ew, uh, I would, no, see, here, I was trying to get her to be my drag mother previously. Me. So, like, I was talking oh, to so- her on Grindr thinking it would work in my favor. Girl, and you are not her type. So she was probably She's like, not my type. This- <laughs> Bitch won't get out of my inbox. She was probably so uncomfortable. Oh, it was perfect. <laughs> Work. Well, I was okay. rigged in my first talent, my talent show. I it was rigged. I lost, and it was on purpose. My future drag sister literally told the judges not to pick me, so I came in second. Oh, ah, <laughs> uh, she'll it? tell you. That was, she was, <laughs> I do. <did. laughs> Josie probably laughs she, like hell talking about that now. Yeah, she does. She hated me. And now she there was me and another drag queen that started at the same time. And she hated me, loved them, 
and now she hates the other one. And then like oh. we're like, yeah, we're still sisters. So like that's so funny cool. how that all worked out. And that's drag for you though, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful how drag. So works. now that now that you all have been doing drag for some time now, what does drag mean to you? What does the art form of drag mean to you guys? I think for me, anytime before when I first started doing drag, it was more so getting out of my box, out of my comfort zone. Um, yeah. But now, I mean, take for granted, I do drag here and there off and on because I can't stop moving around. But when I do get to do it, it's more so of a, now I get to go enjoy myself. I get to make people happy, which is what I think I'm put on this earth is to make other people smile and not take it serious for a minute to remind yourself, hey, it's just here for the fun of it. Like, you ain't got to be serious all the time. So to me, that's what it is. It's just a release for all of us. And we're drag queens are seen, seen as like a, a light of beacon in the LGBT community sometimes. And yeah. I just love it, especially at Pride time, whenever these little kids who don't even know who you are just hug you and you're like, oh my God, I love this. Yeah, we are the superheroes. We're the gay superheroes, mm-hmm. girl. <laughs> we are. It's true. What about you, Kat? Um, for me, it's changed over the years. Um, in the beginning, it was very much, I want. I did it for me. Um, I did it to kind of gain confidence um, in myself. Uh, it kind of opened doors for me as far as like figuring out that I was trans because yeah. I was very Southern Baptist, sheltered, not, I just had never been around it, um, drag or the community, essentially. Um, now, I'd say probably once I started hormones, I think that's when it changed for me. Now I kind of do it because it's a voice. Like, it's kind of, I realize what the platform is, and I realize yeah, you that found, you found your power. I can impact people. Yeah, yeah, I kind of embraced who I was, and I can use that to help other people. I mean, I, the last show I did, I had someone who's lived in Asheville to, for two months. Um, I just told them, you know, resources to get hormones in this town and stuff. So now it's just being an advocate and being a essentially a doorway for other people so it's crazy how drag can put you in people's lives like that too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very crazy because i feel like i've done the same for a lot of people just from them seeing some bitch at a show they're like wow i can talk to this person whatever because they trust you for some reason even though sometimes we're just doing garbage (laughs) they feel like they can come to us you know (laughs) and it's kind of cool well even even in my situation, I don't, I think I was, I think I had just started hormones when you and I met and you were an inspiration to me at that point because you were already like in a farther process. Um, and we'll talk about the scene of like trans women and drag later. Um, but you know, I didn't have a lot of good influences. Yeah. So it was, you were a breath of, it, of fresh air. Oh, thank um, you. I didn't know that. So Yeah. <laughs> To me, I feel like it's changed over the years as well. I definitely started drag because I knew deep down that I was a woman and I needed to get that bitch out. And then after I got that bitch out, I was like, why am I still doing this? And then I realized before I did drag, I had nobody. I never really felt close. 
with my biological family and drag gave me a way to build a family. I have so many people I love now, people that love me, and I'm leaving a legacy that I never thought I would be able to leave before. Like people are going to remember what we're doing and we're going to put impacts on people's lives just because, not just because we perform in a bar, because we like give our story away. Every drag queen, I don't care who they are, they've got a story to tell and they're here to touch people. Not like some drag queens be touching people, but (laughs) you know, touching their souls and shit. Right into the next topic here. All right. So (laughs) we all have drag names and some people get theirs from a (laughs) creative spot or they get their persona from a different outlook. So if you did get your drag name from something, where did it come from? um, Okay. When I started drag, I thought it had to be super fucking organized. I had lists and lists and lists of every look and shit written out that I thought I was going to put together, but I didn't. And I could not figure out what name I wanted. And I had a whole list of names picked out. And I just wasn't feeling them. So I was like, whatever, bitch. And I closed my eyes and I took my finger and I pointed at something random that was in my bedroom. And my bedroom was a wreck. And there happened to be a candy bar wrapper on the floor. And I looked at that candy bar wrapper and I was like, hmm, cocoa, chocolate, cocoa, that works, bitch. That's going to be my first name. And I did the same thing for my last name. And I pointed at a pair of angel wings <laughs> that I got for Christmas. And I was like, dove, boom, cocoa dove. That's it. I don't know why it stuck, but oh my God. that's how I got it. I thought about changing it, but everybody just knows me like this. So I just feel like there's no <laughs> point <in> changing it. <laughs> Even my husband calls me by my track name. <laughs> this is true. I had never, huh? never heard that story, but that is the most you story that you could ever share. Yep. <laughs> no meaning whatsoever. Oh. I saw a candy bar wrapper on my dirty ass floor. <laughs> I got my drag name. I get to see you in your room too. Just like, uh, cool. Yeah, chocolate. Cool. Cocoa. Yeah, cool. That's great. We're here. <laughs> I, oh. I mean, it's a cute name, right? It's all right. It's, it's like it's a thousand cocos. I love your name. Thank you. How'd you get yours, Audrey? So... <laughs> I've changed my drag name twice because before it was Scarlett Jones because my maiden name was Jones. And when I started transitioning, I just, I don't know. I didn't want it anymore. So I changed it to Scarlett Fever. Now, before doing drag, I was like, if I ever do it, I need, I have like a bunch of surgery marks on my chest. And I was like, someone's going to see them. And I would want to play off of that. So Scar, Scarlet. it just came to it. I don't like I read that. I'm not too crazy about red hair. I knew whenever I did it, I was like, I feel like people are going to ask me why I don't wear red a lot, but or whatever that color is. Yeah. And then once I started getting to the medical field, I was like, well, scarlet fever, it's a disease. So why not? Why not do a play on words and do medical shit? So I wanted to be the disease that just keeps on giving. So here we are. And she be giving, bitch. I be giving. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get your name, Kat? Um, <laughs> so I've never said this, but I... I hate my name. I hate my name. Why you hate your name so much? You didn't pick so, it. Somebody gave it to you, didn't they? Uh, no, so, no, no one picked it for me. Um, basically, to make a long story short, I wanted to go by Artemis, like the moon goddess, just Artemis. 
I didn't want any last name. I didn't want anything to do. Like, I just wanted a solo name. I love that. And I That's was so told sure. it was too masculine because of <gasps> Artemis Fowl. And Girl, fuck I, that fairy. Don't nobody care about Artemis Fowl. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was just told it was too, like, too much of, like, a boy name, which infuriated yeah. me, but I was too shy and quiet to say anything. Um, and then I was going to go by Luna, just Luna. This was all in one night. Like, these are the ideas I was coming up with, and they just kept getting shot down. And everyone was like, nope, that doesn't, that's stupid because of Sailor Moon. So I was like, yeah, Luna. And then. It's got to be something witchy, got to be something um, Yeah. I mean, you know me. That's my, yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah. And then it was going to be Nyx because the goddess of, I think it's magic or sometimes it's goddess of vampires, depending yeah. on what you're reading or researching. But everybody was like the makeup brand because that's when they were sponsoring Drag Race and stuff. And I was like. Okay, so I knew I wanted to go by Catherine if I ever transitioned. So I took it from the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so in Catherine, when in this one of the characters, it's a vampire. And before she was known as Catherine, she was known as Katarina. Or it has an accent, but I'm not going to try to do that. Um, but it was Katarina Petrova. So I took Katarina because if I ever became Catherine, it would be cat and cat. And then Eclipse was my original last name. That was my drag family last name. And then I kind of had to spread my wings. And so I became Sinclair Ooh, she got because it was a, one of my, but yeah, so then the change of last name was just me spreading my, my wings. So I would much rather still just be Artemis to this day, but <laughs> here we are. Well, your, your last name you have now is still a legendary like drag last name too. Mm-hmm. The House of Sinclair is everywhere, Everywhere. Which I didn't even really know that. It was just my best friend used to do drag back in the day. And that was there. So I changed it to S-Y-N instead of S-I-N. I thought about changing my last name to match my drag mother's last name. But I just thought Coco Cox sounded weird. That does sound weird. (laughs) So since we're all trans women in the drag community... How do you feel being a trans woman doing drag and how the community perceives you in the drag community, not in the LGBT community? Coco? The drag community. Um, right. Like particularly for me, my personal experience has been mainly positive because of the places that I let myself work. Uh, the drag scene here is very old school and most of the old school scene is put together by trans women it's ran by trans women they're the ones who started it so they're very accepting around here i feel like but when it comes to um the drag in the media i feel like we're not fairly perceived yet we're getting there Mm -hmm. but there i have had instances that were uncomfortable but for the most part they're usually pretty on the good side on the good side yeah my I hit the fuck out that bowl, y'all. What, <laughs> what about you, Kat? Sorry. Um, it's like a 50-50 for me. Um, I think now we're, I'm kind of, either I'm over it or it's just gotten better. I can't really tell the difference between the two. But there mm-hmm. was a point in time where I got really frustrated with being a trans performer <clears throat> in the, you know, in the drag community because I 
would go out to places and you know when you're out in public and you the subject comes up of you being in a drag queen or whatever um we would always show pictures and so i'd be with a friend that was you know a cis gay male who would show a photo and they'd be like oh my god your transformation you know transformation's so great blah 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 and like make a big deal out of it and then i'd show mine and they'd be like well yeah you're pretty so like yeah you're gonna be yeah pretty. i get that so it was a very like too. yeah so it's it was very it was a very hard thing to get used to and i it's i feel like i, mean, I would go out there yeah. and do just I'm as much as everybody off, else if not more <laughs> no you're fine i would do just as much as everybody else if not more but not get the credit because oh well you're a trans woman so you're pretty so it just kind of now i think i'm just past it um and i also think there's more of an awareness to it as well as a bigger trans community performing in my area at least so i think that's kind of changed it and made it better overall yeah that was that was like one of my fears transitioning because i started drag post transitioning and then a midway started transitioning and my biggest fear and it's it's still a fear but i feel like as a trans woman in drag you they they have this like detail that you have to look this way you know you can't do anything out of the box as a trans person doing drag it's it's getting to the point where that's not an issue but like a couple years ago like if it wasn't pretty you know then you weren't doing drag right because you're a trans woman you're supposed to be the pretty you're supposed to do this pageant and be cute and whatnot. Just um, be a show girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it put a lot of pressure, I feel like. And I think that's where my issues came from before I stopped drag for the little bit when I moved to Texas. That The fact that it just got perceived as you can only look pretty. And then when I started transitioning, I was like, well, do I keep my drag makeup? Do I need to look different in drag? And no one really, I mean, none of my, me and Coco were the only trans people. We were transitioning at the same time. So I didn't really, my drag mother wasn't trans or my drag sister wasn't trans. So I, I was kind of learning what that meant. And no one really talks about it in a sense yeah. until you discover what it is for you. Um, but I mean, I feel like overall, any transphobia, I think actually, I mean, most drag queens are trans women. And a lot of people, straight people, don't tend to understand that. And I think that's also another issue is that they'll be like, oh, it's a drag queen. It's a man in a dress. And I'm like, no, no, you don't know what this drag queen is. It could be a AFAB queen. It could be this, that. You can't just say it's a man in a dress. So I feel like we have to educate. I feel our community is finally educated. I just think we finally have to push forward and educate the others that don't do drag. I get that. I know, like, a lot of times, especially in the beginning, I would get in my head um, when I, because I started transitioning after I had already been doing drag. And I feel like people think trans women don't put as much work into their drag because a lot of them do do a similar beat when they're in and out of drag. Um, but that's not the case for most of us. Like our, our facial shape is not going to change, first of all. Mm-hmm. And if you look good, you look good. Sorry about it. <laughs> but I put so much work into my drag. It's just because my mugs are similar doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I make my costumes, I come up with concepts, I put together shows, and that's an annoying part, I guess, because they think that you're just getting up and getting ready for the day and going to a show. You know, and I think it took me it took me seeing a, a AFAB queen to realize what drag really meant, because when I finally saw an AFAB queen in person, 
and I was like, you know, you're very pretty, but what you're wearing is drag, you know? And it, it took me that moment to realize that drag isn't what you're putting on your face. It's about what you're wearing, what you're presenting, what you're giving. Um, so I very yeah, much the whole thing. And it also took me forever to get out my like comfort zone because, you know, you also get told, which I think Kat talked about this earlier with the names, with people saying it was too much of like a guy name, that we're starting to get a point now that I like about Jack where you can do anything. It's not really, you know, before you couldn't lip sync a male song as a drag queen, but now you can. And it's like, okay, this is cool. Whereas a few years ago, they'd be like, no, this isn't it, honey. You're, you're a drag queen. You need to do a female, you know? Oh, yeah. When I first started, I did a, a male thing song and bitch, they were oppressed. They were like, this killing the illusion, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, girl, take it easy. Like, yeah, it's not. It's, I, uh, <laughs> it sounds like my voice, okay? So, <laughs> like, it's not going to break the illusion. They're going to hear me speak. I remember for me, um, the first male, and that do loose air quotations, uh, song I did that I was brave enough to do. Um, I remember it was New Year's Eve, and I was just kind of like, well, screw this. And I did Adore Delano. I oh, adore you. I love her. And I was blown away by how well it was perceived. Like, obviously, that's another drag queen, mm-hmm. but it was kind of like that was like the safety net for me was that you know if anyone says anything then they're a drag queen and they do their own music yeah. and they get paid for it and they're famous and so they've all done rupaul songs they need to calm down yeah i mean yeah i mean i've done rupaul i've done tadra call mm-hmm. like at this point it's like it it's i i kind of developed this mentality and anytime i talk to anybody that's a newer queen or you know it, or just across the board i always tell people at this point just be unapologetically you like if it makes you feel good do it mm-hmm. like screw everybody else yeah. i mean as long as you're not like being racist yeah yeah <laughs> or like breaking laws or anything like that but uh you know because i don't you know there's a lot of banter that goes on up here um as far as like people picking each other's aesthetics apart and you know, oh, that's just a leotard or, you know, whatever the case Yeah, you gotta be. have and a brand. Like, yeah, um... and it's like, do you? Like, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I reached that point of my transition now where it's like, I do this because I enjoy it, not because I am trying to prove something. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, I run a successful show. Like, I don't, you know, and that sounds, that can come across cocky, but it's, at this point, I don't, you know, I, it's what I do. It's my drag. Like, you do you. Yeah. Drag is what you make of it. I also think that's whenever a queen or a king or a performer finally gives that let go of realizing that it's whatever they want to do and they start doing what they perceive as fun, it's going to show around the people around them. Because if you get on stage and you're not having fun, it's shown. Oh, trust. They're going to see it. They're going to see it. You know, get up there and literally do whatever. If you sit there and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to. I, there was this number I've always wanted to do, and I got told several times by people, "Don't do it. Don't. It's not a good one. Don't do it. Don't do it." And, and it was like, your best number, bitch. And then I go to Texas and do it, and it was the fun, the most fun I've ever had. And even the hostess was like, "That was the most hilarious thing I've seen in my life." And I was like, "Thank you. I've been dying to do it. I've been dying. <laughs> I've been dying to do it." 
A really good piece of advice that I have for anybody who may be listening that wants to start drag or has just started and they aren't really feeling themselves on stage yet. Once you learn how to start performing for yourself and Mm -hmm. ignoring what you think the audience wants to see, Mm -hmm. that's when the real you is going to come out on stage and you're just going to live your truest fantasy and feel your shit, bitch. That's going to be your best number on the planet. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you. Yeah, because here's the harsh reality of it is drag is such a double-edged sword. Like on one hand, they'll be like, you can't do this, you can't do that. Like, you can't do this male song, you can't do that. But on the flip side, if you, like, I had a point where I was afraid to do I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston because it was a cliche at that point. Everyone does it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so you can't do something unique, but you can't do something that someone else has done. So just, you got to get past that point of listening to everyone around you because at the end of the day if it if you're not happy there's no point in doing what yeah this doing. is your art girl mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i've talked i don't know if it's one of the ones that are not out yet of the podcast but i just talked about this recently as well about how people if someone did this song last week and you were going like you're like oh i'm gonna do this song I'm like oh but she just did this last week okay but i'm gonna do it differently Mm-hmm. And who's to say that these same people in this club were here last week to hear the same song? And who's going to stop right. me? I bring my own bitches, bitch. Yeah. Who's going to stop me midway? No one. Well, and and I I love my drag mom. This is not, you know, if she listens to this, there's no shade here. Because it was a different time. It was a different world. But I was told I couldn't do blonde because we looked too much alike. And she wore blonde, so I had to wear red. But that was the time frame. That was the, we were in a nitty, like, I mean, we were in a corner, essentially, and we were all fighting for that one spot. <clears throat> and a lot so... of places are kind of still like that. You know, like mm-hmm. like that, like that, when you're performing a certain diva song, like, oh, you don't do that diva. Mm-hmm. That's her illusion. You can't do that one. Yeah. Like, it's... And I get no it. Shade, but that's like, yeah. Copyrighted. No. Mm-hmm. I... And I mean, I think it, it just takes finally that toll. I've never... I've always had this issue doing, like... Because I don't dance. I ain't got no rhythm. Okay. It's just, it's in my body. But anytime I hear a dance song, I'm like, okay, I can't do this one because people are going to expect me to buck it out. And I try to buck it out and I'm going to end up on the floor on my back. Like You're going to be looking turtle. like that bitch from Seinfeld. <laughs> but I'm finally getting to a point where I, because I love comedy. I don't try to always do comedy, but whenever I do it for other people, it's like perfect. So I try to, like, okay, I'm not going to dance, but I can do this. So. But see, there's a there's a, a sense of respect that has to go with that. Like for me, I'm not funny. Like I'm not. If I am funny, it's not intentional. It's usually just me being stupid. <laughs> um, but so I I've done stand up comedy once because I was Uh-oh. in this place where I was like, I'm not doing anything. Like nothing's gonna stop me. Like I will try everything at least once. I want to try it. I'm um, so nervous. You would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is reenact the pageant that I hope that I judged when you fell out the floor in a gown. I, I, I was—I did not fall at that pageant. I was sabotaged by the co-host. She knew I looked better than her beside her, so she shoved me. So I would not look as good as her, and then she took my wig. So, honey, I'm talking about on stage question, where she said, "Well, if I, I fucked that up," <laughs> that bitch said, "Um, oh, I—I I didn't mean to say um, um." <laughs> <laughs> I love and stupid ass out. drag queens. <laughs> and you fell out. So like <laughs> I couldn't even you ask the question. I couldn't <laughs> hold the mic up, bitch. It was so it was the stupidest thing I've ever heard on the mic. 
but you were, you were good though. Like you would be fine at it. So, I mean, I always, you know, challenge yourself because otherwise you're not going to grow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a very valid thing. I mean, you can't stay in one spot. You only forever be in that spot. Oh. So what is your favorite drag number you've seen somebody else do? Like ever any drag queen or, or drag king or drag they or whatever. Well, I'm going to go first. Good. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I love so much drag, and I am a sucker for some old school drag. Like, if a bitch is bucking it out and doing splits and shit, I can watch that for hours. But, so, I went to New York City a couple months ago, right? And there's something about New York City drag. Like, that shit is next level. Like, these bitches are, they think everything through or something. And, they had just legalized marijuana in New York City, too. So I was like, "Woo!" Feeling myself all up in the clouds, bitch. And um, this drag queen came out in Brooklyn. I went to this Brooklyn bar, and she came out on stage. And it was this song I had never heard of in my life. It was some EDM song. And her name is Baby Love. And she had so much lip filler in her mouth. And it was so mesmerizing. And the way she was lip syncing the song, it was so emotional. And I could not quit looking at her big ass fucking lips. It was so goddamn good. <laughs> it was so good. And the song was um, Castles in the Sky by some bitch. I don't know her name. Yeah. So it, that's a hard question for me um, to answer. But I think what I have to say and it's going to kind of sound cliche because she's my drag kid. But I think um, when my drag daughter, Alexis black, she was in a pride pageant and she went out and she did sister act, but she did it like by herself. She like had a, she, when she did, they did the rap part, she put them on on like a backwards hat and all this stuff. And it, you know, was it the most breathtaking number I've ever seen? No, but I think it was so powerful because I saw her grow in one five minute number. Like I saw so much of a, of a change, almost like a teenager to an adult, like Britney Spears. I'm not a woman, not, or not a girl, not yet a woman, whatever. You're so sweet. It You're such a mom. If I am, I am, <laughs> but it was such an impactful moment because like, that was the only time I've ever seen her cry was that pageant. Like that whole night was just very heavy and very emotional. So I, I just think that's why, because of the connection that I felt and the proud, like the proud feeling I had. So it's not, you know, not that it's the most spectacular number I've ever seen, but just because of the personal feeling behind it. Oh, my, I have two <laughs> answers. And one is they're both comedy and one was in Atlanta. <laughs> I can't remember her name, but she was in the other show when Eva was back in Atlanta and she dressed up as a Walmart greeter and did hello from the other side. And I about <laughs> lost it. The whole number. She would just walk to the other side of the stage and just wave. And I, every time oh, I lost it, it that was is everything. It I was, wish I saw that. It was, uh, that was, yeah, that's brilliant. Then, yeah. <laughs> The other Hello. one. <laughs> the so other good. one. Uh, it was either at bad shit or it was either at uh, EOI. Is when Ida did this church is burning. Oh my <laughs> god! Ida Carolina did this church is on fire. 
right after Notre Dame had been burnt down. Oh my God. I, so and the, the way church, it just was so weird. It was like so put in the church and just went right the church. She is on fire. It was oh, so yep. bad. I loved it. I, and she's done one of the songs and I've done the same song she did because I've never heard it. And I was like, it's pure genius. And that was, uh, oh, it's from a TV show that was on Prime. Uh, uh, da, 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 the baby. The what? fuck. Please don't tell me this is the, the Antichrist baby. Oh, I love that bit. And I was just like, okay, I have to. This is great. Oh, looks so cute. As a drag performer, have you ever had an inappropriate counter with another person or audience member? Have we had a what? Inappropriate mm-hmm. encounter. Uh, yeah. Uh, several. <laughs> yeah. We'll list it down to one or two. Yeah. What about you? You want to go first? Um, my so I, I thought about this one for a while, and originally I was going to say um, a, a patron essentially putting their hands on me very inappropriately, um, but then I decided that one wasn't as bad as um, there was a bar I used to work at. Um, I'm not gonna throw names out there but there's a there was a security guard that used to literally manhandle me and like grab me and force me to hug them and like all kinds of stuff and it was just very inappropriate I was very uncomfortable um we had a big interaction at one point where I went off on the manager of the bar for that particular individual um being involved and Later, it came out that they were, like, publicly bashing a trans person on Facebook. And they still work at that bar to this day. So, like, cool. Great. Some stupid shit. Yeah, I've had tons of people think it's okay to touch me because I'm doing a sexy number or something. And they're like, oh, okay, she's lip syncing Madonna. That means I can put my hand on a cooter. Like, girl. Yeah. It's tucked, but I can still feel, like... Stop. I think that was the thing with that situation was like if it's a patron, like I'm probably never going to see them again. Okay, cool, but this is a security guard for sure. Yeah, that's supposed to be making me feel safe. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've quit working at several bars because of creepy whatever. My first gig I've ever had, the um, this bar shut down, but the person who owned it booked me when I was underage. He knew I was underage, and he was trying to get with me. And he would talk to me like maybe an inch or two from my face and just tell me how beautiful I was and shit. And he would like run his hand on my shoulder. And I was like, mm, I'm going to call my mom. <laughs> like, My mom went to the show for my as my bodyguard because she's um, cool or whatever. But bodyguard, yeah, mom. it was really creepy. And he would always do that to everybody. That's that's weird. Glad yeah, people that- don't think that we're people. They think that. You could just like, a sign. Yeah. Um, no, one of my two of my worst encounters dealing with anything drag related in a sense. Um, one, there's this older male who liked me before transitioning. And anytime we were at the bar, he would always forcefully come talk to me and would like somehow start like putting his hand on my back or trying to touch my butt or stuff like that. And, and my drag sister and drag mother knew this. So it got very to the point where they would step in and kind of like, you know, try to get me away from the situation. So that was one. I'm going to tell you three real quick. The second one was outside of Sally's nightclub. I, I don't think it was Sally's at the time. I can't remember. But um, 
this guy, my husband just got sent overseas and I was talking to the bar owner. I was like, yeah, no, he's in Korea. Yada, yada. And this drunk guy with his wife keeps hitting on me. He's like, oh, so you're, you're alone. And I was like, well, I'm not really, A, I'm not looking to have sex with anybody, first of all, and B, no, I'm not alone. And he was like, oh, well, if you need someone to talk to or want to do anything, let us know. And it got, I was like, I walked in, I come back outside, and I had a fan that said, bye, bitch. And he was like, if you just want me to go, you just do the fan. And he would not stop trying to flirt with me. And his wife finally looked at him and was like, she doesn't want it. Leave her alone. He was like, I want her in my bed. I was just like, what is this? Like, what is this? The swinger crowd in Augusta is ridiculous. It is. And I mean, his wife was like, I'm sorry. And I'm just like, y'all got to go. And I got nothing against swingers, but the ones around here are very forceful and they are very determined and it's annoying. <laughs> well, I've had that same experience and it's probably with the same person. So probably. Um, you know, then at another club in Augusta, Georgia, which I will not name the bar owner or runner or whatever you want to call it, not owner, bar manager. There we go. At the time was would drink very frequently and him, my drag mother, who was the show host at the time, and Carla were all in the dressing room with other entertainers yelling oh, at each other. And yeah. I mean yelling. I was just like, oh, my God. He was just drunk. And I'm like, dude, why are you back here yelling at her? Why?" Are-? And it was over the most stupidest thing. And I was just like, oh, my God. Seriously, you're, you're a bar manager and you're drinking. It's so immature. Like, it was immature. It. The the biggest downside about working in the drag industry, I think, is having to interact with many people who are under the influence of shit that they can't handle. Mm-hmm. It can get really annoying. Mm-hmm. Especially when they go on stage with you. Girl, no, push and shove, bitch. <laughs> when you, I'm going to put a sign up. Whenever I open my bar, which it will happen one day, trust. Um, I'm going to put a sign up that says, if you are intoxicated in this club... Why is and you get song? up on the stage, we are not liable for what the drag queen will do to you if you get up on the stage. Mm-hmm. I remember... every. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Because my story was probably... Here's probably better than what I was going to oh. say. Uh, every show, because I, you know, I run a show up here, and every show at the beginning, I'm like, you will get kicked, and I will be the one to kick you. Yeah, this is my stage. That's cool. my spotlight. And this is my, like, microphone. I will kick you, and no one's going to say anything to me. Yeah. Oh, well, I think we've run through all of our magical questions here. Sorry to interrupt, but Heidi in Closet says hi. Oh, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> Those of you Are listening, you- on March 5th, 2022, it's my fucking birthday, and Audrey's going to be in town, Miss Scarlet Fever, and we're having a lip sync battle royale show. We're taking each other down, bitch, going head to head. It's going to be a great show. You need to be there. No, I get to call Garden City Social. I take it back. It's so late. It's so late. It's at Soleil. Yeah, it's me. It's Soleil. Me and Trash Barbie hosting. I'm so excited to have a mic. In my Scarlet hand. Fever and Trash Barbie 420 are going to be hosting. I love, love Trash Barbie. Well, I think we've done it. I think this is amazing recording. Cat, thank you so much for joining us thank tonight. Thank you so thank much you. for hanging with us. Anytime. This is so great. Like, congratulations. Like I said, I said at the beginning, but seriously, congratulations. Like. I wait every Friday. I'm like sitting there like, oh, well, cause I, 
three hours. We I'm at my job three hours before we open, and the last two hours of my job, I'm in the back packing. So literally five hours, I'm listening to podcasts. So like, it's like the highlight of my Friday mornings. It's my 45 <laughs> minutes of joy. <laughs> Not because like I well because I know y'all, but also like the topics are interesting. And I can't tell you the first like two weeks, I blew up Coco and was like, oh my god, did you think about this? Did you do this? <laughs> yes. You, and then now I try not to do that because, like, everybody tell your friends to listen to us. We want <laughs> to be heard. Yes. Our voices are important as Trust. trans women. We need to be heard. True. There will never be a dull moment, especially with yeah, Coco. Yeah. Well, for those for listening at this very end here, just enjoy the go to the next episode and have a transtastic day. Have a transtastic day. Thank <laughs> you.